The reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Right, well, it's good to see you all this morning. Lovely to be here. I've made it. I'm one of those that didn't fall out, although I did have COVID up till Tuesday of this week, but now I'm free. So, hooray. <laughs> Been a bit of a challenge. We've had my daughter and her family living with us for the last two months. So, eight of us, seven of us in the house, eight if you include the dog, and uh, four of us had COVID. So, separation was quite interesting. Anyway. We're continuing our series this morning in All Things New, a whistle-stop tour through the Bible in just a few weeks, looking at the story of creation, decreation, and recreation. A lady called Elizabeth Henson lived in Kansas, and one day she was clearing out her wardrobe, and she came across an old green coat. She looked at it, it was torn, it was threadbare, it was dirty, it certainly wasn't in fashion anymore, and she wondered why she'd kept it for all these years. As she went to throw it away, her son turned to her and said, Mum, if you're throwing it away, can I have it? Why would you want such a useless rag, she said. Oh, please, just give it to me. So he took it up to his bedroom, he started to cut it up, and stitch it back together again. Then he took a table tennis ball and cut it in half and stitched those two halves onto the green cloth. And I have to tell you that that useless piece of old rag won an Oscar. It had a hit single and it had a TV series that ran round the world for year after year after year. Because in the hands of Jim Henson, that piece of rag became Kermit the Frog. Can I have the first slide, please, Dave? He could see that what that seemingly useless piece of rag could become. He could see beyond what it was to what it could be. And so he remade it. He recreated it. And that is the message of the gospel. That's what God has done with us. It's what he has done with us who are once decreated with sin, he has recreated in Jesus. That's how we've been restored. 
reborn, recreated, and made part of the kingdom of God. That is the message of the gospel. Can I have a second slide, please, Dave? So today our focus is on Jesus, the gospel, and the kingdom of God. Now, originally, the gospel was an announcement of good news. If a king had sent his army away to war, a herald would be sent back from the front to announce the victory to the king, to announce him that his army had prevailed. So it was an announcement of good news, the gospel, a declaration of victory. We've won. And that is the meaning of the gospel. So in Luke chapter 4, standing in his own synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus announces the gospel. Jesus announces victory. Jesus announces we have won. This victory means freedom for the prisoners. He comes to lift up those who are trapped in the dungeon of sin and seat them at the banqueting hall of the king. Those who are forgotten, those who are oppressed, downtrodden, exploited. He's come to make those people children of God, citizens of the kingdom. But it's not just Isaiah chapter 61 that points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to this moment. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He comes to complete the work of recreation. It all points to Jesus. From the first pages of Genesis and creation, from the perfection of the Garden of Eden to a world decreated and disfigured by sin, sin so bad that God sent the flood to wipe out everything from the face of the earth other than those saved in Noah's Ark. It points to Jesus. And then onto the promise to Abraham of a holy nation, and Moses and the deliverance from slavery in Egypt, and Joshua and the gift of the promised land, and then the demand for a king and the roller coaster of repentance and apostasy which leads to captivity in Babylon. It's all pointing to Jesus. And from that captivity, we have these prophecies, prophecies that God himself will come. God will come and live among us and shepherd and save his people. And with one last titanic battle in the heavenly realms, God will set his people free, bearing the sin of the world. He's coming as Messiah, as Christ, as Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And this is the gospel. This is the victory. This is recreation. And so Jesus stands in his own synagogue and he declares, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. From creation in the Garden of Eden to decreation in the sinless world, now comes recreation, now comes salvation, now comes a new world and a new kingdom. God and his people are united as one. Death is defeated, sin atoned for, and victory is declared. The victory, the gospel, the announcement, we have won. And Jesus has come to take us back into that relationship. Back into that relationship that was there in the Garden of Eden. A relationship of love 
and of trust, a life lived under the rule and protection of a loving God, a relationship lost when the garden gate was slammed shut, guarded by a cherubim with a flaming sword. Symbolically, we're shut out of the presence of God, out of his kingdom, away from his perfection, to live in a world controlled and dominated by sin and the effects of sin, war, hatred, disease, crime, selfishness, exploitation. But now Christ comes, God in Christ comes to break the power of sin and to replace death with eternal life and to substitute our sin with his righteousness. That door so once so firmly slammed shut is now open to all who believe because all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the gospel is more than just taking us back to the Garden of Eden. God doesn't just hit the rewind button and take us back because so much has happened. So much has happened in the meantime. There's been a cost. There's been a price. We can't just go back to the way we were as if nothing had happened. If you're familiar with the Japanese art of pottery restoration, you may have heard of the art of kintsugi. Can I have the next slide, please, Dave? Kintsugi recognizes that a piece of broken pottery can never be made the same again. But instead of trying to disguise the damage to the pot, Kintsugi highlights and values the damage as it's restored. As the pot is repaired and lacquer is prepared, the lacquer is infused with pure gold. And so the brokenness of the pot is highlighted and celebrated and done so with something of immense value. It speaks of the journey that that pot has been on. It speaks of its history, its brokenness, its past, and now its restoration. And we have been repaired, repaired with the precious blood of Jesus. Our recreation is something entirely wonderful. Our brokenness is not ignored, but it is repaired and highlighted and valued with something so, so precious. And so healed and repaired and made whole again, we become part of the kingdom of God, the place where God's rule and reign is extended, the place where he is recognized and honored and worshiped, because the kingdom of God is the place where Christ is king. In the Garden of Eden, the serpent lied because he said that living under God's rule was subjection. It was limiting. It was enslaving. He was wrong because it's living under the rule of sin that holds us captive. Living under God's rule is liberating. It's empowering. It's true freedom. Galatians 5, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. We're free. Jesus has come to set the prisoners free, to give sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. And we only know true freedom if we live in the kingdom of God. The disinformation of sin is fake news. That propaganda in the Garden of Eden enslaved Adam and Eve. But the gospel sets us free. And Jesus invites us. He invites us to come and be free under his rule and his reign. To be remade. To be restored in his precious blood. To come back into that full relationship with him again. That's where we turn the corner. That's where we come home. That's where we inherit eternal life. Because the cross stands as a victory memorial, announcing the defeat of sin and death. And that temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, showing that God is no longer distant, but in Christ he's here with us, his people. Victory has been won. And we are invited to participate, an invitation to be part of God's kingdom, to live under his rule, to be part of his eternal family. He wants you to be his. He wants you to be part of his new creation. And so he invites you to come. In coming, we renounce our sin. We repent and turn from living a selfish life. And we invite Jesus to be our king, to reign in our heart, to be the center of our life and our worship. We commit to love him, to serve him, to live for him. And as he came announcing the victory of the gospel, so we commit ourselves to announce that gospel to a needy world. Jim Henson saw something of great potential in his mother's old coat. And God sees in you something of immense value in his kingdom. Will you yield your life to him? Will you become one of those to whom he gives sight? One of those he sets free? One of those he invites to be part of his eternal kingdom? Let's just spend a moment in quiet reflection together. And let's consider what God is asking individually of each one of us. Let's ask ourselves the question, as a result of what I've just heard, what is God calling me to do? Heavenly Father, this morning we celebrate that which was broken. The broken body of Jesus, his shed blood, led like a lamb to the slaughter, his blood has made us whole. His broken body has healed our infirmities as the Lord laid on him the iniquity of the whole world.
This morning, we open our hearts to you. We open our lives to you. Live in us, reign in us, extend your kingdom in our lives and through us into your world. May we who are healed by his blood bring healing to others. May we who announce the victory of the gospel release captives. May Christ rule and reign in lives recreated by his precious blood. We pray for his glory. Amen.